Welcome to Catch These Vibes. My name is Charmonique, and you are listening to the first episode of season five. We are still very much 90s focused this season. So if you have anything that you would like specifically for me to talk about for a season or focus on, you can definitely send suggestions by hitting me up on the website, catchthesevibespod.com. You can also message me on Twitter or Instagram, catchthesevibespod, and let me know what you would like to hear your girl talk about. Otherwise, we're going to continue on with this 90s vibe until further notice. So this season, I thought it would be nice. I've been talking about it, but finally, we're going to be talking about 90s albums also 90s movies so go album movie album movie album movie i've tried to create a list where all of the albums in the movies are related in some way i'm not going to say that's how it's going to go the whole season because there might be a movie that i just really want to talk about or album that i really want to talk about but i i i might not find a way to connect it to the previous movie that I spoke of or the previous album that I spoke of so I ain't making no promises I ain't gonna say that I'm gonna keep this up all season but for the first eight episodes I've made a list where every movie and album is connected so the first movie that or movie not movie we're doing an album this time okay first album that we're going to be talking about is the writings on the wall by destiny's child So on one of the best Christmases as a child, my parents bought me a gray boombox stereo. It had a five to six CD changer, if I'm not mistaken. And it was definitely an upgrade from what I was previously using to listen to music in my room. I I do recall having a Walkman at one point, like a, a tape player, but this was, like I said, an upgrade. So I did have a TV, like I I had a really old TV. And at the time when I got it, I thought it was actually kind of cool because next to the TV screen was like a radio. So I had a TV slash radio player all in one. This new CD player that I got this particular Christmas had become my favorite thing in my room to interact with for a very long time. So accompanied with the stereo were four CDs. Christina Aguilera's self-titled album, her first album, Instinct No Strings Attached, 3OW's debut album, and Destiny's Child, The Writing on the Wall. So I listened to all four of these albums a great deal, and I believe they all have impacted my taste in music. I had the biggest crush on Justin Timberlake, by the way, a big crush, but we we gonna get into that a different day, not this one. So in this episode, I will be getting into The Writings on the Wall by Destiny's Child. This is one of my 
favorite albums by one of the best selling groups of all time. The album sold over 100,000, 130,000, over 130,000 when it first was released. So it was released in July of 1999. By the end of 2001, the album was certified eight times platinum. So I definitely played this CD out and I love listening to it so much. My love for this group and their music continued to grow over the years after every album release. So it was sad to see them eventually break up in 2005. I do think that it is important to talk about the history of Destiny's Child because besides TLC, I don't think we've had another girl group as iconic as them. We've had SWV, Danny Kane, Cherish, to name a few that were really wrote or really dope. But for me personally, I haven't felt the impact on the same level as DC, Destiny's Child. So I might refer to Destiny's Child as DC because um just because all right so let's go ahead and get into the history of this group and how it became to be so Beyonce and Latavia began their singing careers in 1989 Beyonce started singing at different talent shows and competitions Latavia began to model and she was actually in a just for me commercial which is pretty cool So some talent managers held an audition in 1990 to find some girls to form a girl group. And boom, that's where Beyonce and Latavia met. And they were both chosen at the time to be in the group. So they did hit it off right away and became really close. Two years later, Kelly became a part of the group. So according to my research, Latavia and Kelly, they actually went to school together. And then Kelly eventually met Beyonce at one of the group rehearsals. So Kelly's mother, unfortunately, was not in a place to be able to be there for her growing career. So the nose took her in and she began to live with them at that point. The name of the group was, was Girls Time, which included a total of six girls. So Their popularity grew around Houston as they consistently performed at local events, perfecting their craft, and preparing themselves to eventually get signed one day. Even at this point, Beyonce was the main focus because the producers, they felt and they knew she was the strongest performer. Now, seeing how she has become what come to be one of the best performers to date, It is understandable why the producers felt that way, but as one of the other members of the group, I can understand how that would become frustrating over time. So they made it pretty far in a competition show called Star Search, but they, they ended up losing to a rock band. Shortly after this, Beyonce's father started to co manage them, and he be, began them on this boot camp like program preparing them for literally everything so Beyonce met Latoya Luckett at school and she auditioned to be in the group this is when the group dropped down to just the four members so Beyonce Kelly Latavia and Latoya they eventually landed on the name Destiny's Child 
And they got the opportunity to open up for bigger R&B acts like Escape and Drew Hill. In 1995, they ended up signing a contract with Elektra only to be dropped from the label some months later in the midst of recording their debut album. After their manager sadly passed away, her name was Andretta Tillman, this is when Beyonce's father, Matthew Knowles, stepped in and became their their full-time manager. And he was actually able to negotiate a deal with Columbia Records. So they collaborated with Dwayne Wiggins, which is a group of, was a part of the group, Tony, Tony, Tone. And they did get a placement on the Men in Black soundtrack with a song called Killing Time. And then this leads to their debut single, No, 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 and the remix of that with Wyclef John. This, the remix actually landed at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. So their debut album numbers were disappointing, but the group did garner some recognition at the Soul Train Awards. So that's, you know, that's always a good thing, you know, it gets you, gets your name out there. Maybe people who haven't really heard of you, they might be able to, you know, see you now in a different way that they weren't really seeing you before or see you for the first time. So some good things did come up, come out of it. I don't think, you know, I guess obviously things is so focused on the numbers. And if you have the numbers, then you kind of like you garner that notoriety, notoriety, however you say that word. <laughs> and, you know, people know of you. So the recording of their second album, The Writings on the Wall, began. And this is where the trouble in paradise also began. So Latavia and Latoya, they they felt that Matthew Knowles was working to position Beyonce as the lead of the group, which would lead her to be to be able to go solo. They also didn't feel like the money was being handled fairly and equally. So there were issues of favoritism and no real transparency with the finances. So to be completely fair, that that is something that anyone would, you know, be concerned about because I I heard I read something that Beyonce and Kelly, they were able to afford cars, but for whatever reason Latavia and Latoya weren't. And I definitely that would bother me if I'm if it seems like, oh, they are being treated a certain way, they're being able to do certain things because they have the money to do it or it's being um provided to them. And it's like, you know, me and Latavia or me and Latoya or whatever, we sitting here taking a bus or depending on other people to, you know, get us around. Like that would bother me too. Especially at this point when it's like, okay, things are um about to start picking up because they released Bills, Bills, Bills and Bugaboo. Those were two hits that performed really well. And at this point, things really did start taking off for them and they, you know, became like one of the biggest girl groups. So imagine, you know, all this happening, everything on the up and up, but it's like, I don't have the money that to really show for it, which is not something that's rare. Like we hear all the time about artists 
not getting the money that they deserved or that they should have gotten. So the drama was still brewing, though, even though that, you know, things were on the up and up with their new music. Latoya and Latavia did end up being replaced. So I don't want to get spend too much time on the drama, but there was a lot of drama. And I thought it was interesting to find out that Latoya and Latavia were actually dating or messing around with Brian and, and Casey of Jacket Edge. So they were all on the same tour bus. And so there's, if you don't know, Jacket Edge, there's four members in the group, Jacket Edge. So there's the twin brothers, and then there's also two other members. And so I guess the other two members, they were trying to, you know, I guess hook up with Kelly and Beyonce. They are they were allegedly like harassing them and bothering them because it's like, I guess they were kind of feeling like, hey, your y'all other group members is fucking with, you know, our group members. So, you know, it's only right that y'all fuck with us, you know. So I guess Kelly and Beyonce, they ended up calling Matthew to let him know. And then he kicked them off the tour bus. So this is something that caused a lot of additional problems. I guess they kind of let boys, Latoya and Latavia, let boys kind of get in their head. And so, you know, this is when a lot of things just really took a turn for the worse. So I thought that was crazy to find out because I was really wondering why they didn't do a collab on this album. Both groups have a similar song title. Uh, Jacketers, they have a song called He Can't Love You. And on this this album, The Writings on the Wall, Destiny's Child had a song titled She Can't Love You. So I thought that was interesting. And I was wondering, like, hmm, I wonder why a collab never happened. And this probably is the reason why. All right. So I could probably spend another 15, 20 minutes talking about, you know, the drama and the things that happen with the, the member changes and how, you know, Beyonce ended up, you know, ultimately going solo. But this is, I think this is a great point to just go ahead and just get into the details about this album and what it's about and who all had a hand in, you know, creating it. So first of all, the the title, the writing is on the wall. So that is something, it's a saying that means that there are clear signs that a situation is going to become very difficult or unpleasant which is kind of ironic you know being that they eventually you know broke up but the song the first song is in like an intro so it's inspired by the godfather scene in the 1996 movie set it off so it's destiny's child they open their album by having this meeting together and they are like speaking with the godfather which is beyonce so they are basically going to be discussing the commandments of relationships so all throughout the album they do these different commandments like thou shall not you know thou shall not do this thou shall do this so that is pretty much the theme of the album it's just about dealing with relationships and ups and downs of that 
So the second song, which I really, really love, it's like a real feel-good song. And it's a great way to open the album. So this song was actually produced by Kevin Shakespeare Briggs and Candy Burst. So Candy, we know her from the group Escape. And obviously she's, you know, on the Real Housewives. And that's probably where a lot of people know her from. But some people uh, may not know that she did do some work on this album. So, so good. I really love this song because it's really positive. It's just a song to talk about, you know, how you may not think that I would have made it out. And I'm doing good. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing mighty fine. Last time I seen you, it's been a long time. Stop smiling at me. Get that look off your face. Please don't even front. Stop being so fake. I know you do not like me and you made it very clear. Always talking about me from what I hear. Always putting me down when you thought that you could. And I want you to know that I'm doing so good. So Beyonce sings a lot of the leads on... um, She was the lead singer. So a lot of the songs you're hearing her voice, she sings the verses. Kelly sings the pre-chorus, which is just saying weren't you the person that said that I wouldn't make it through and so I really like this song I think it's a really positive song and a good way to start the album it's a good song for you know people who doubt you and think that you won't make it which I think is very similar to uh you know their song that they came out with later down the line um Survivor so we go into the next song which was one of the the hit singles Bills 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 I like, I kind of feel like this is in the, it's pretty similar to like No Scrubs by TLC because it's just talking about, you know, being, being a woman and what you expect from a man and just like, you not paying my bills, you not, you want to use my car, but you don't want to fill up the gas tank. Like basically just saying, you know, these, you don't pay my bills. I deserve better. And you you think you finna be doing this and this and that, but it's just like don't how you have the audacity to even come and step to me and ask to hold some money from me, like boy, please. So I think it's very very similar to this you know TLC song Scrubs. So this one was also produced by Kevin Briggs. Um, he also co-wrote Bugaboo. So Candy Birds also co-wrote Bugaboo. And this song performed really well. It did land on the Hot 100 for about a month. Uh, the, I really like the the whole music video where they're like in a hair salon. And it was it's a beauty shop. And Beyonce's, you know, paying homage to her mom because her mom owned the salon. So I, I like the the looks in the video. I think this was a a really good song for them to put out as their single. So we got Bills, Bills, Bills. And then we have Confessions. So I'm going to get into like my favorite songs as I go through this the track list. Confessions is definitely one of them. It's talking about a girlfriend who basically cheated on her boyfriend and just the the things that the things that she goes through 
with having to just be, you know, truthful about it. So this is one of the songs that was produced by Missy Elliott. And I think I like the songs that Beyonce and Missy Elliott have done together. I think they make they make really great, great music together. So she starts off by saying, the day you pissed me off, I told Mike to pick me up. I told him you was bugging and I don't like to fuss. He said he would look out for me if I needed a friend. He took me to his house and then he invited me in. So she cheated. And I mean, that is a part of, you know, relationships. People cheat. And this is from the woman's perspective. You know, women, women end up cheating. So the song does portray a conversation where Beyonce admits to cheat on her boyfriend for the sake of her conscience and telling the truth. Similar to the way Jay-Z confessed in Family Feud. So, yeah. And then we go into Thou Shall Not Bug. So, the song Bugaboo. He made me want to throw my angel out the window. Very, this is another one I think is similar to No Scrubs. Just the message behind it. Because you a bugaboo, a bugaboo. Beyonce singing all the chorus. All the verses on this, it is, and as you look at the the credits and look at like who was singing what, it was a lot of Beyonce, and so I think that was a lot of the Beyonce's issue with you know Latavia and and Latoya, them you know having the nerve to like say oh they you know, they need this, they need that. It's like, yeah, everyone should be making a living, should be able to have the necessities. I mean, we need cars and things like that. But Beyonce, she was, she was in the studio. She was working hard clearly because as you can see, she was doing a lot of the singing on the songs. She was the one like, you know, working really hard in the studio. So this is just about a, a overly clingy boy that won't leave the girl along so just being a bugaboo nobody likes a bugaboo and then we get into temptation now this is my favorite like this is one of my favorite songs on this album so temptation was produced by Dwayne Wiggins and I that's I don't know why this one sounds like uh another one that Missy did but it doesn't say she was the one that did this one, which is surprising to me. So it says it was written by Terry T, Charles Spikes, Latavia Robertson, Latoya Lucky, Kelly Rowland, Beyonce, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Carl Wheeler, and Dwayne Wiggins. I know you see me watching you and I see you watching me. But your body's coming and temptation is killing me. <sighs> So this song is just about, you know, exactly what the title says, temptation. Um, just, you know, seeing somebody and seeing them notice you and you noticing them. And it's like, you you know, you're being tempted to, to fuck with them. That's, you know, that's what happens. We, we be seeing somebody that we, we attracted to and be wanting to holler at them or wanting them to approach us. But yeah, Temptation is definitely one of my favorites on this album. Then we get into Now That She's Gone. This is another one that I, I like a lot. And it's just about, you know, 
being in a situation where you're with someone who's not really treating you well, this uh, Kelly is singing a lot on this one also. Uh, it's not just Beyonce. Um, we got Kelly on a few of the verses and then Beyonce on the others. And I guess the whole group on like the chorus in the backgrounds. So I was just saying now that she's gone, you want to come back. And it's like you you made me wait too long. So I'm gone. Again, just highlighting the ups and downs of the relationships. And then the next commandment is thou shall not leave me wondering. Uh, This is pro- I mean, I this because I listen to this album so much. This is probably one that I would definitely skip, but I do know this song and I do know like um, the ad-libs and everything just because I listen to it. But, you know, at this point in my life, I definitely don't go to this song, but it's called Where'd You Go? So it's just saying, um, you know, where'd you go? I need you in this heart of mine. Come back to me. I can't live my life without you. So do disappeared he's playing the disappearing acts and she's like where did you go i don't know so that leads us into the next song hey ladies why is it america yeah y'all gotta y'all gonna have to excuse my singing outbursts because i'm gonna be singing some of these songs like just you know i'm just letting y'all know so it's just a, you know, saying, ladies, why is it that man can do us wrong? And why do we keep holding on? Like, why do we never have the strength to leave? But he's got to go. He's got to go. So it's just, you know, realizing that if a man is cheating on you, why do we still be holding on and trying to stay when we know that we deserve better? And I mean, all women, I think, have probably felt like this at some point in their life so I definitely that's another one of my favorites on the album and then we get into if you leave featuring next so I as I was saying a little bit earlier in the episode I thought it was interesting that Jagged Edge you know they didn't have no collapse but after figuring finding out you know the background of that and why that may have been I get it so they have next so it's one of the members in the group, his name was RL. He's doing a lot of the singing along with Beyonce. And it's just about, you know, if you leave the girl that you're with, or if you leave the man that you're with, I'll leave them also. And we can, you know, pack our bags and and just go far, far away from all of this. So, you know, just being in a situation, being in a relationship, you're not really happy. And then you meet someone who's also in the same type of situation and they're unhappy and just saying, you know what, we could leave our partners and we can just, you know, go somewhere and be together. And, you know, that's another side of to being in a relationship or being in a situationship. And then we have jumping, jumping, ladies and men at home, the club is full of fellas and they're and all your fellas leave your girl with her friends. This song, every time I hear this song, it reminds me of the skating ring because they used to play this song all the time at the skating ring. So this is just a, a, like a, a real like, oh, we finna go out. We finna have a good time. Like, leave your lady at home. Fellas, leave your girl with her friends. We we not worried about all that. We just finna go have a good time and not worry about who we in a relationship with. Because if you see somebody you like and you want to, you know what I'm saying? Don't don't let that 
your partner stop you from that. We finna go have a good time. If there's ballers there, we finna, you know what I'm saying, they pockets full grown. They, you know, we finna have them spending their money on us. We finna go twerk. We finna go bounce, but bounce, bounce, bounce and bounce. And we finna shake and we finna twist. And we finna have a good time. So this is just a fun song, feel good song. Uh, let me see who produced this one. It says jo- Jovan Alexander and Chad Elliott produced this one. I-, I like this beat too. It was written, so it looks like Beyonce wrote the song along with them. So yeah, that's jumping, jumping. And then we have Say My Name. Don't really got to go into details about that because this is probably one of their their, their uh, biggest songs off of this album. Um, one of the ones that people probably think of right away when they hear of Destiny's, Destiny's Child. So this one was produced by Ronnie Jerkins, Dark Child, and let me see who who wrote it. Say my name, say my name. Beyonce, okay, so they all had got uh, writer's credits on this along with Fred Jerkins, Ronnie Jerkins, and LaShawn Daniels. So this is pretty much, you know, self-explanatory. Just say my name. You know, don't be calling me baby just because you, you know, you're around somebody and you don't want to say my name. You playing games. Pretty self-explanatory. And I mean, who hasn't heard this song? And then so after Say My Name, She Can't Love You. So this is the one where I was like, wow. They So Jagged Edge, they also have a song titled um, He Can't Love You. So it's similar messages. And I thought it would have been fitting if they would have had some type of collab. But anywho, so it, the first verse says, I saw your new girlfriend the other day and I expected her to be so much than she was I love this is this is one of my favorites I just love the whole vibe of it I love the way Beyonce is singing like in that low that low register I saw your new girlfriend the other day and I said it on like like when you when you know somebody is in a relationship and you like you finally see they knew a new thing thing and it's just like wow okay I expected her to be so much better like she can't love you like I can she can't do you like I can like you're supposed to be with me you know what I mean so I really love this song everything about it a lot of Beyonce singing on here leading the vocals and then there's a song called stay Sweet 16. I really love this song. So this song was produced by Beyonce and Dwayne Wiggins. Let me see who is credited as a writer. Kelly Rowland, Beyonce, Jody Watley, and Dwayne Wiggins. Okay. So it's just a just an ode to being, you know, turning 16, being 16. It there's a part, there's a bridge that says 16 years, 16 prayers, 16 reasons why I care. 16 tears you're 16 still sweet 16 so 16 is that age I mean sweet 16 
you get to that age and it's like it kind of feels like a turning point in your life like you're you're not completely grown yet but like you're getting there and actually I just wanted to know Latavia is singing the first verse on here so that's cool this one we have a little bit more of Latoya and Latavia singing on this one and I think it's just a really sweet song you know just talking about get being at this age and and realizing that you just really need to cherish what you have and you just need to understand that you know life is just really beginning like you're you at this pivotal point in your life and you don't really know like where you're going to like you don't know what's still to come like there's just so much more for you to experience you know and a lot of times I mean I did I actually got pregnant at 16 and it's like girl you you used used to listen to the song like why you didn't listen to what they were saying but you know people it happens you know even though you you hear people tell you things and talk you know talk about their experiences at your age we still end up, you know, doing things that we know we probably shouldn't have done. So it's just it's just uh, talking about that and being at that age and just moving too fast and doing too much. And there's just so much more life ahead of you and you don't really need to be in a rush. So this is a very important song for the girls going, going up or growing up and being at that age. I think it's important to have music like this for girls to listen to and understand that, you know, you're not grown yet. So slow it down. And then there's the outro. So they did an Amazing Grace outro, which is which was produced by Beyonce. But yeah, so it's just the Amazing Grace in their own own arrangement. And that's pretty much the way that they end the song. So I think it was, there was a lot of like, you could tell that the girls, obviously, they, they were religious. They believed in God and they thought, you know, having God in their life was very important. And having, you know, keeping God in mind when you go through things in life and, and have these different experiences, I think that is was also like, a common theme throughout the album especially I mean the fact that they are reading different commandments um throughout the album so those are all of the songs and so just to just to reiterate my favorite songs on the album are Temptation um She Can't Love You Jumpin' Jumpin' So Good and If You Leave those are, oh, and Sweet 16. Those are my favorites. Those are like my go-to ones. I always go to Temptation and Confessions. And uh, yeah, those those are the main ones I always go to at this point. So The Writings on the Wall is definitely a classic album of the 90s. And if you are an R&B lover and appreciate, you know, 90s music, 
please listen to this if you haven't already. I think you should at least give it one good listen through and then, you know, from there decide if you want to add it to your, you know, nostalgic playlist. Whenever you go back and listen to 90s music, add it to that list. Um, There's a lot of great songs on this list that I, I always and forever will go back and listen to. And I just really enjoyed, this was my introduction to Destiny's Child. I didn't really listen to their first album, um, but, you know, when it came out, I was really young. I was born in 91, so this came out when I was like eight going on nine. So I really love this album, and I wanted to talk about it and highlight it and just, you know, show my appreciation for it as it was very impactful, a very impactful album of the 90s, even though it was at the end of it. So, or end of, at the end of that decade. So next week, we'll be getting to a movie. The movie is called Life. It stars Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. So Destiny's Child actually had a song on the soundtrack titled Stimulate Me. And it was written by R. Kelly, actually. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. I'm, I've never heard of this song, but I'm going to take a listen to it. And that is going to be pretty much the way that I do these episodes. If there's a song that the artist has done on the movie, then that I'm trying to, you know, make sure that there's some type of connection. So if a, if the album, the previous album before I do the movie, if the album or that artist has some type of connection with the movie, then I, I like to use that as a way to just, you know decide which movies and which albums I'm going to talk about because there's just so many 90s movies and if I don't have some type of uh, some type of way of like narrowing down the options then it just becomes a little like not hard but because I could just choose a movie and just talk about it but I thought you know I th- just to make things a little bit more interesting try to have all the albums and movies connected in some way but like I said if it gets to a point where it's like okay I really want to do this movie but I'm I don't really have anything to connect it to as far as like a an album or I really want to do this album but I can't find a movie to connect it to then then I'll just we're not going to stress about it it's oh it's all right it's gonna be okay not a big deal but for these first eight episodes at at the least they're all going to be connected so I hope y'all are, are ready for this season. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And please make sure to rate, subscribe, and follow the podcast on any, whatever platform that you use, whatever social media platform you use so that you can just, you know, show love and support in that way. I really, really do appreciate it. And thank you so much for coming back to listen or giving this episode or this podcast a chance if this is your first time it means so much to me that you are giving your attention and your time to this podcast like it really really means a lot so until next time y'all vibe out